Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. If you rewind right to the beginning of the programme, you'll have heard me talking to Peter Phillips about city racing. That's one initiative that the sport seems to be getting behind. Another one is the series, which is the new name for championship horse racing, a string of events. The race courses were announced this week, and the idea is they race through a series of Thursday nights this summer. Uh, and it's essentially a team competition, the idea that you get corporate sponsorship behind the teams and uh, we support the teams through the series. And there's various other uh, bits and pieces to this, for example, that the jockeys won't have whips and sort of trying to push that angle of things. Things are going to be very different. Um, Dave Ord, I'll let you kick it off. Is it a good idea? Is it an idea that's got legs? Uh, Sheikh Farhad Althani in a tweet has said... He wasn't terribly keen on the idea because they hadn't consulted the owners beforehand. Yeah, I think you can really cut our racing out as being one of the, the corporate teams sponsors, on the yeah. corporate sponsors. And that's the key. I mean, the easy part's done. The race costs are going to put their hands up. Who wouldn't? 48 races, £100,000 per race is the, the, the promise. We now need to bring in the corporate sponsors. If they bring those to the table, then it, it's viable. Without them, it's difficult to see how this series will work. It's also the idea of people getting behind the team. These horses will be running for the team, accruing points for the team over the series, and it will be the... The team that triumphant, this one I don't believe is the 2020 of the sport. I think this is the, the Formula One equivalent. I'm not sure that will work. Racing isn't a team sport. I mean, people follow teams. They follow Nicky's horses. People follow Godolphin, Ballydoyle. In that element, people follow stables. Will they follow teams trained by different trainers, ridden by different jockeys through this series? But fundamentally, if it brings a corporate sponsorship to the table, if it brings 12 big companies who are prepared to invest significantly in the sport to the table, then it's a runner. If it doesn't, it isn't. Yeah, like the idea of bringing new sponsors into the sport, like the idea of some of the accessibility that they're offering to some of the participants. But, Nicky, if we saw anything yesterday, we saw that the public warmed to one thing, essentially, and that is a very, very good horse, because it is horse racing. I think so. I mean, I... I one applauds any any new initiative that's going to bring something to the to the game. I can see where it is. I see it's been mooted as well. We've seen it. I have sort of discussed it as a. I think it's been mooted as a national hunt side of it as well. Yeah. So I haven't really sort of studied the flat one as much as it, it, there has been a a paper that it would possibly be available to jumping as well in, in, in time to come. It, it, it's going to have to prove itself. But if the money is there, then you've got... There are, I think there's a lot to iron out. I, I don't want to go into the whip debate, that's for sure. But um... Well, the good thing is you've been saved by the bell. <laughs> so we don't have to go into, we don't have to go into the whip. Oh, listen, can we, we can give that a week's a week off, can't we? We give the whip a week off? I think we probably can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, Kieran Schumark, who has um, failed a drugs test, I think, for a metabolite of cocaine. Uh, his trainer, Roger Charlton, seems to be st essentially standing by him, but did express the view, Katie, that what a waste, really. And, and this is a, an issue that's come up a with a slightly more regularity, in, and we've seen it in Ireland, than you'd like in the last year or two. Yeah, absolutely. I think society is changing a lot. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience and say that I've never seen it and I've never been offered it. I think times have definitely changed. And um, outside of sport, I think it seems to be rampant everywhere. Um, you know, it's it's very sad. I mean, <clears throat> I can only speak from my point of view that um, I'd like to think that maybe I'm naive, but I'd like to think there's very few people on it at home. Um, I can only say that I've never seen it, but it is sad. You know, he's talented and, he, and um, he's well able to ride, but if People who want to go down the road of drugs. I think it's, I think it's a very sad and very serious situation. 
Uh, and Nicky, you as a trainer, you, it's, a, it's a pastoral responsibility to, to young riders as, as well as as well as giving them rides. And, and clearly, you know, Roger Charlton's being very good to him as well and saying the job's there when he comes back and says, let's help him through it. He came back from a serious injury. It's a... Well, the great thing, they have come back. Um, there are there are obvious ones. And, and there's, there's a lot of offenders out there in, in, for, for various different reasons that have come back and made successful careers and all sorts of things. And there's a... You know, there are there's a lot of will to try and help people recover and get back into um, get back into whatever they want to do, whether it's racing or anything else. And there are cases of this in racing. And I, you know, I, I, I support Roger entirely. If he, he knows his lad and and if he thinks he can, you know, he should be able to try and help them. And, and I hope he can. He's massive talent as well. Yeah. Huge talent, isn't he? And like you said, at least we know the pathway's there's back. He's got a huge talent. I'm sure he can put this behind him and go on to the bigger, better things because he's, he's a really good jockey. He's ridden some good horses in the past. I'm sure in the future he will too. And, of course, coming back from injury and the attendant issues that that presents can send you to places that you might otherwise not be. So I think as far as this uh, collection of people's concerned, we wish Kieran Schumacher well uh, and wish him uh, every success when he does return to the saddle. Uh, stable staff, moving on, it's a side of the same coin in a sense, Nicky. The National Association of Racing Staff and the National Trainers Federation have reached an agreement this week about the amount of hours staff will work and how much time off you give them. You mentioned how much life has changed. How much has that impacted you? I mean, I'm afraid the industry faces um, an enormous problem, um, literally just on staffing levels. We're very, very lucky, but I mean, some you know, obviously, some people are finding it very difficult. Um, I think there's even bigger issues to come, and I certainly we don't want to talk about whips. We certainly don't want to talk about Brexit, but it that is a, going to be another big concern um, because we have to rely on a lot of overseas staff at the moment. Staff to 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 to, to re, you know to keep to keep ourselves going. It is something that is. You know, I find very frightening, and I don't like the feeling of the future particularly. So we have just got to keep, um, I say, we're lucky, but um, it, it is a big problem. With that in mind, are you, are you happy to adapt your working conditions to try and attract more staff? I we, mean, that's we, the key. We certainly it? have done, and we certainly continue to do so. I mean, it's not all just about fight you know wage packets and everything it is the hours have got to be antisocial unfortunately but they're trying to find a bit more it. as they but say we've work got to life try and balance get more yeah. time off but these weekends evening racing sunday racing um it is and the hours you know if you've got to you've got to work weekends horses mm. have got to and most people monday to friday and off they go two days off we just can't do that but maybe um, they should go and get a Monday to Friday job. If that's the case. <laughs> well, that's because the worry. It's, it's, it's a way of life. You know, friends, it's a passion. Uh, uh, I don't think it's worth like work life balance. And, I think. And have I a good weekend do off. Love They've got to work. Let's. Uh, we might revisit that. Let's talk about the advertising ban that is being um, mooted as likely to come in. Uh, for sports that are not horse racing, essentially. So bookmaker advertising not allowed during sports events that are not... Um, horse racing will be exempt from this, day. It will. Uh, you work for the Sporting Life. Uh, you work for, a essentially, a bookmaker-backed editorial institution that covers a whole range of sports. So you're perfectly positioned, really, to 
to comment on what the potential ramifications, plus and minus, are for those sports and racing. I mean, it's really interesting. Isn't it? it's, a, it's a voluntary agreement, but it's only voluntary because I'm quite sure it's coming in through government anyway. So mm-hmm. the gambling industry are looking very much to get, get ahead of this one. It's no, no bookmaker advertising doing live broadcasts of the live sports. So during a football match, you won't see bookmaker yeah. adverts. The concern being that children are seeing them, it's hitting the wrong audience. From our funding model for the media, and this just isn't ourselves racing post, our UK at the races, the bookmaker affiliation model is absolutely key to it. Not only in terms of advertising, but a lot of our revenue now to the, the affiliations, mm-hmm. key people betting through the websites onto the, the race cards. Our traffic, is, we're a multi-sports website, 80-85% of our traffic is horse racing because we've got the heritage brand of Sporting Life and that hasn't moved. But football betting is major, people bet on golf, on cricket. And if we're not unable to advertise, it's not there yet, but if we're unable to advertise those sports um, the same way as we do, it will, it will impact on our coverage. Horse rating is unaffected, you say, at the moment. But it's not just the advertising for the TV companies, it's also the sponsorship. We touched on it earlier with City Racing and with the Championship Series and how difficult racing finds it to go out there into that commercial marketplace now and find non-gambling companies with the money to support our major prizes. But if racing is the only sport because of the exemption whereby bookmakers can advertise during the product, does that not make racing's at, um, uh, advertising time even more valuable? Will it not prove an even bigger windfall for, say, ITV now and maybe Sky in the future? or what, I whoever? certainly think you would be looking that way, wouldn't you? That the, the bookmaking fans have got big marketing pots. They need to talk to their core audience... And this is where they are. So it may not be a, it may not be entirely a negative for, for racing, that's for sure. Uh, Mendelssohn was retired this week. They gave him one last roll of the dice uh, last weekend at Aqueduct, and it didn't really pay off. He ran rather disappointingly in the cigar mile there. Uh, Katie, I know you like uh, following American racing and for like following the exploits of Bally Doyle when they go abroad as well. I, I, I sort of left with a rather empty feeling at the, at the retirement of Mendelssohn. I thought it's promised so much, and it delivered. Not quite as much as it promised, really, in the end. Maybe so, but I think that's that's horses, and and who knows what's going going to happen. I don't know how many horses have come back, and you thought they'll progress along and maybe do the God Almighty, and then they don't del- deliver. You know, for whatever reasons, they have decided that uh, this is the right time to go. And I mean, sure, what more? What, what, what more can you say? And if there's one horse who characterised the way that you know Aidan O'Brien's not frightened to have a dart and to and to back his own judgment, it's this horse. Okay, it didn't quite work out in the end, but he's got all he's got a lot of the pedigree attributes to make a hell of a stallion. And wasn't it a fascinating project for the Balladol team this year that they targeted the American Triple Crown with him? They targeted dirt racing in America, but from the Balladol base it, they, and. The campaign, there were definite flashes. I thought he ran a big race in the Breeders' Cup oh. Classic, a huge race. He ran a massive race in the Travers. But... He, he did, and you just thought there that the piece was beginning to come to it. Like, like you, I'm slightly surprised that they're not having one more year, because I, I think there was a... When the fractions fell right, when he was able to go through the first half mile at the right, rather than being harried as he was, when, when things fell into place, he was a huge talent. We saw that in Dubai. We saw that on turf, ironically, at the Breeders' Cup last year. But I thought... This year, the piece was beginning to fall in place on the dirt. There were flashes. And I thought Ryan gave up, gave up a Guinea's winner to go and ride him in the mm. um, Kentucky Derby. The fact that he, he was such a buzz horse. They thoroughly enjoyed that project. And one thing you'll tell they'll have learned from it. The next, time, the next Mendelssohn that comes along, uh, the lessons that they've learned from this campaign with him, the, the dirt pedigree, the dirt targets, they'll get it right one day. That's what the Ballad Oil team do. It might not have worked out with Mendelssohn, but... It very nearly did. Yeah, the best trainers is a constantly evolving process. Uh, Mendelssohn, who's retired to, to stud this week. Uh, horses wait. Bruce Millington in his column uh, this week has put forward a whole raft of suggestions for how 
small things could make significant differences to lots of different sports. And he suggested that the weighing of horses, which you see on race cards in Hong Kong and elsewhere, should be sort of mandatory and then published on the race cards throughout. Is it something that would significantly uh, uh, help us, do you think, Nicky, as, as, we, as we build up a, a whole bank of evidence? Obviously, it would take a while. I would very much doubt it. We, we do weigh them. We weigh them when they come in, and you would be staggered what the size of some of them are. And, but what we, all we really want to know is what their racing weight approximately is. You know, like I just, two days before, way out here, let's see, he was, he was about 15 heavier than he was at Cheltenham. 15 kilos year. heavier. Yeah. Sorry? 15 kilos heavier. Yeah. So that would be fine. That was two, three days before the race. So we knew we were pretty well where we wanted to be. Um, is that helpful? I don't know. I mean, if the thing's blatantly heavier um you could say it, it's a warning but hopefully we would have noticed that in which case we wouldn't be running it um horses will grow they they very often come back to their their same weight even year after year um it's it's a guide for us to mm. sort of just tell us where we are but i wouldn't hang my hat on it so could it not be a guide for us as well katie well, it is. There's nothing you you can't hang your hat on anything punting wise. Absolutely, but uh, but you know, I mean, is someone going to supply all, all all the yards with the scales, and are we going to weigh them every week? Well, presumably you weigh them when they get to the race course. So oh, like a system that you'll walk in and weigh in the system. Yeah. When you leave, oh, listen, I don't know. <laughs> like a... again, you're going to go back to the staff issue. I mean, if you're going to have to hang around weighing every horse when it arrives, it's difficult enough sometimes to get them all. Chips and even that can go wrong, as we know. So there probably is a system. I mean, you can go down the M50 and get scanned in two seconds. I don't know why, when you walk through a yard, that something can't be scanned and say that is Nick Luck or that is Nicky Henderson. When you walk into a parade ring, you scan it again. Like that cannot be rocket science. Be fair, we're easily confused. Um, <laughs> Apple, Apple's Jade is the uh, final uh, item on this list, and it's a fairly straightforward one. This. We, teasing Nicky about when Altior's going to run the King George, the Gold Cup, the Grand National, the Derby, the King Stand and God knows what else. Which race should Apple's Jade run in at the Cheltenham Festival, Dave? I can't believe I'm asking this and it's only December, but... If she arrives in the form she is right now, you'd, you'd love to have a tilt at the champion hurdle. The problem being there's a brilliant reigning champion waiting for her, but we have developed this fantastic mayor's programme now. Mm. The, the grade one races have been, and been put in place for a reason for these mares like Apple Jade, like Annie Power. I know she switched to the champion hurdle, Corregan. We've had some wonderful mares in recent years, and there's a programme in place now that takes them through to the, the Spring Festival. It does. And why shouldn't, there be a, why shouldn't they get great kudos for being the best mare? Why shouldn't the star mare not be given the, the same level of adulation as the other champions at Cheltenham? It just doesn't seem to be happening at the minute. Well, people get very polarised about this, don't they? They say, well, either she should be doing this or she should be doing that. Well, isn't it reasonable to go the Annie Power route and say, right, we've beaten up all the mares, we've duffed up all the mares, now we'll take £7 off the Geldings, thanks very much, and have your cake and eat it. Yeah, I think as you say, though, that they have built up and bringing in these mares races has been a great incentive for it, and I think it's encouraged mares like her to keep going. Um, it's... <laughs> It's rather like the, the, the Ryanair. Everybody thought the Ryanair was going to detract from the, the Queen Mother and the Gold Cup. Gold Cup. It has made no difference. I'd actually welcome a Ryanair hurdle. No, 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 no. <laughs> And five days. You just yeah. want more. You want five, <laughs> ten. You'd have a ten-day Cheltenham Festival. Um, there's some very good mares around. Mm. I think Lorena's coming over this weekend. Um, to uh, no, the following weekend to Ascot. 
Um, no, sorry, to, to, to the International in Cheltenham this weekend. She's very good. So, I mean, there are a lot of good mares around, so it's, it's not even a foregone mare. I don't... Did we get there? I'm not sure we did. Anyway, the, the bell's gone, so those were our seven talking points for this week. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Cruel Dubai.